Well, Merry Christmas. Hey, there you go, man. Good to have you guys here today. And uh, it's exciting to be able to worship today together on Christmas Day. And I want to just say welcome to those that are joining us online. I know there's quite a few that told me, hey, man, we're going to be joining you online. That's fine. We're glad you're there. And, uh, but today we're talking about, we're actually wrapping up this series called Peace on Earth. And uh, to me, it's been, it's been powerful for me. You know, I always tell you guys, you know, I get preached to way before you guys ever get the message. And, uh, and so God's been kind of challenging me. And I want to celebrate something, though. Over the last three services that we did, our Christmas Eve services, and today's message is different than those, but we had 11 people put their faith in Christ for salvation. Isn't that awesome? So re they received the greatest gift of all, you know, and so they have that peace with God that we spoke of last night. And so tonight, today I want us to talk about the gift of peace. Um, we talked about it at the end of the message uh, in the Christmas series or the Christmas Eve services there where we talked about Jesus said, I leave a, I leave a gift with you, and it's peace of mind and peace of heart. And so I want us to talk about the gifts that we receive through Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, man, there's so many gifts that come. And I want us to kind of unpack some of those today, if you will. But the gift of peace is, is, is an awesome thing. And, and here we're going to read out of Matthew, and this is the wise men or the magi, if you will, bringing their gifts. And I know sometimes that gifts can get a bad rap at Christmas. Um, and let me just kind of, kind of unpack that for a second. So what we do is we can kind of get out of focus and we can kind of get uh, maybe out of balance to where the gifts become the focus rather than Jesus and what Christmas is about. I get that. But gifts are a good thing. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's okay to give gifts. It's okay to receive gifts. And uh, especially if they're done with the right kind of heart and the right kind of spirit. I mean, we're going we're gonna to read about the wise men bringing what? They're bringing gifts, right? We read last night about John three sixteen, where God gave his, his one and only son. God gives us great gifts. Jesus gives us gifts. And so gifts are a good thing as long as they're not the focus, but there's a meaning behind those gifts and there's, the, there's an intentionality there. Uh, you know, I, I think back to when we went to do a mission trip in Colorado a few years back, we were there and we were in Colorado Springs and, uh, uh, and it was just beautiful. Uh, uh, just incredible beauty all around. And one of the things that I, I, I realized that so many of the people there, they worshiped the creation, but they missed the worship of the creator. And so oftentimes we can get that way. We can worship creation to the point that to the neglect of worshiping the creator. And so the same way with gifts, gifts can become the focus rather than the meaning behind that gift or why we're giving that gift. And so I want you guys to understand that whenever we look into scripture, that giving gifts is a good thing. And it can, be a, it can be a blessing to someone. We get to bless people, right? And sometimes we get to be on the receiving end of a blessing, and that's a good thing. And we just get to say, God, thank you. God, I, I give praise. This morning, I was, sharing, I was talking with a guy, and he was telling me about what God was doing in his life and what he was doing in his marriage and how he had healed him physically. And he said, man, all I can do is praise God. And I'm thinking, what a great attitude, you know? And so that's, that's the way we ought to approach gifts. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So King Herod, who is the king, is getting word that there's another king, right? And so he's a little bit troubled by that, as anybody would who would be king. Like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? But the, the part that gets me is this other part says, as everyone in Jerusalem was. They were a little bit disturbed by this. What? Wait, there was a king born? And so religion can be a very dangerous thing. It can cause you to miss God. 
So there were people that were religious that had studied and prepared and had been seeking and searching and asking when the Messiah would come and they missed him. And so we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in religion, but man, we're, we're seeking God. He says, seek me and you will find me, right? And, and so King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was uh, all of Jerusalem. And he called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and he asked them, where's this Messiah, the Messiah supposed to be born? And in Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. It says, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them to go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Now, we know that was a lie. You know, he really wanted to take him out. He wanted to kill this baby that was threatening his throne. And so after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and, the, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a, in a dream not to return to Herod. And so these guys would listen to God. They would obey God as opposed to man. So the wise men or magi were men who did a couple of things. And I want us to kind of look at some of this today. I, I think this is good. So they read and they believed the scriptures. Now, some would say, you know, how did they, how did they have access to that? And what, what we think or what they think or religious uh, historians think is that when Daniel was taken, he was taken to Persia. And these guys were most likely from Persia. And so they had heard, you know, Daniel talk about the Messiah. They had, they had the, the teachings that Daniel had. And so Daniel had been there and he had been an influence, right? He'd been a, a leader there in that, in that nation. And so they, they had knowledge of this and what they had, whatever they had, whatever text they had, they knew that there was one that was going to be, be born. They knew they had this knowledge. And so they would read and believe the scriptures, which is something that we ought to do. If we want to be wise, we ought to read God's word. We ought to believe God's word. Even whenever, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like we were talking about last night, when we have a peace that passes understanding, it doesn't make sense. But we know that, you know what, it only comes through the presence of God and the peace of God in our life. And so when we have that, we're able to go, you know what, God, it doesn't always make sense, but God, I trust you. It's kind of like, you know, we talk about God math. There's been so many times whenever, you know, we've had, we've seen God just bless us. And, and I'll tell people even how we got into this facility or how we, you know, got into any of the buildings that we've been in. And I would always tell them the story. And I said, man, that's, that is amazing. That's a God thing. I said, that's God math. That's just how God works. When we tithe, when we return our tithe, you know, it's not even our tithe. We return God's tithe. And, and we go, God, you know, my, my bills, these are my bills. This is what I need to give because I know that's what you said to do and I'm trusting you. God always blesses above and beyond. And if we think about it, most of us have more than we know what to do with. You know, I mean, we have storage buildings and we have to rent storage outside of even our own property sometimes to keep all of our stuff. We've been blessed with much, right? And, and so we've got to be able to say, God, you know, I just trust your math. God, I trust your blessings. I trust your, your scripture. I, I trust it. Another thing is they sought Jesus. They sought him. God's Word says, if you seek, God says, He says, if you seek me, you will find me. And so they sought Jesus. And, and I love the fact that, you know, here we are doing Christmas Eve services, Christmas Eve candlelight services, and there were people that came here. You know, I don't know if they came here because somebody invited them. 
But maybe they came here going, maybe, maybe the truth is there. Maybe an answer is there. But they got here and they heard the truth of God's word. They heard the gospel and they responded by faith. That's the only way we can really respond, right? And, but they were seeking. They came. And so one of the things that we do every week is we pray as a team for God to literally draw people here. That they, They're drawn here. They, they feel the spirit of God here. You know, they, they, want, they want to be here because they believe, you know what, God is doing something here. I've had so many people come up to me over the last few weeks and say, Mike, man, it is amazing what God is doing in and through this church. And, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. And I'm telling them, hey, I'm right there with you. I love what God is doing. I love seeing lives changed forever. You know, from, from the inside out, that God just begins to transform us. But then there's people that are seeking Jesus, and we should be seeking Jesus. You might say, well, Mike, I've been a believer so, for so many years. Man, we need to seek him in everything. What is he doing in my family? God, you know, what do you want to say to me today? God, what do you want to teach me today? God, where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to serve today? I, I walked around this morning just thanking those that have been here serving in these services over the last few weeks. They've been serving. They've been giving of their time. And I told them, there's times it may seem inconvenient, may even seem like a sacrifice. But here's the thing. You're helping people take steps towards Jesus. And so for all these that have served, I just want to say thank you to all of you that have helped make these services happen in a reality. But I mean, there's 11 people that their faith has been changed forever. Their life has been changed forever. And that's not to count the others who maybe found peace that had not had peace that were believers already. Their focus was on the wrong things. And so sought Jesus. They sought Jesus. They recognized the worth of Christ. They knew, they knew that, you know what, this is the one. They knew his worth. They knew that he was a king. And they came bearing gifts. They wanted to honor him. And so they recognized his worth. Hopefully, whenever we come to worship, man, we come with that mentality that, man, Jesus is worth it. They humble themselves to worship Jesus. You, humbling ourselves is oftentimes just saying, you know what? It's, it's not about me. It's about you, Father. It's about honoring you. It's glorifying you. It's pointing towards you. It's not about me. It's about others, God. It's about serving people and serving others. And so when we serve people, we're honoring God with that. And so having that mentality, God, I just want to honor you by, by serving. And serving can be worship. Obeyed God rather than man. <laughs> you know, Herod said, hey, come back and tell me where he's at. But God told him, hey, listen, don't go back. And they went back a different way. And so instead of honoring man or, you know, obeying man, they said, you know what, we're going to obey God. And I'm just telling you, there's a time that is closer than we've ever uh, known that, you know, we have got to say, you know what, we've got to line up with God's word. We've got to know what we believe and we've got to stand firm on that because man is going to tell us that, that we're not going to be able to do that. And we've got to be willing to say, you know what, we're going to believe God. We're going to obey God, even if man says no. That's just the age that we're in. And I'll just tell you this, it's nothing new. They were dealing with it at his birth 2,000 years ago. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to stand firm on your word. But here's the thing. We need to know God's word. We need to spend time in God's word. Just like these guys, they knew what the, what the scriptures had pointed to. And so they obeyed God rather than man. We've got to have that mentality. So they brought gifts with great meaning. And I, I love, uh, you know, we all grow up, grew up, you know, knowing the, the, there was these three gifts. And so therefore we think there's what? Three wise men that could have been many wise men. We don't know. But there were three gifts that are pointed out. So one, gold, the gift of gold to the Christ child was symbolic of his divinity, God in flesh. That, you know, here he is. It's almost like his kingship. But, that, you know, that there was royalty there. You know, we think about the, the Ark of the Covenant was layered in gold. And, and gold is, it plays an important role in, uh, throughout the scriptures that we see there. 
And, and so it was something that, you know, it had value to it, but it was more than that. It was something that brought, you know, a, a sense of royalty to it. And so this is about God's, um, about Jesus' kingship here. So this gift conveyed that, that this was God in flesh, that this is the divinity um, literally among us. This is divine, if you will. And then frankincense, uh, the gift of frankincense to the Christ child was symbolic of his willingness to become the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, frankincense was a, uh, something that was burned in a worship service. You know, it was, uh, it was an incense, if you will. And so here it was symbolic of Jesus being willing to be that, 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 that sacrifice that would literally pay for our sins. And so it, it's worship. It reminds us of worship. And so he was the ultimate sacrifice. And then here's the last one, myrrh. The gift of myrrh uh, to the Christ child was symbolic of death. And it was commonly used to embalm people. Uh, and so you think, why would you bring that to a child? Why would you bring that to a child? But it foreshadowed Jesus' death. You know, and so here's these wise men who are bringing these gifts, this gold, you know, which it was, most of us would go, all right, I get that. You're giving that to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I get the gold. And then the frankincense is this, this incense, you know. I mean, you're like, all right, what is that? But it, it's something that was burned in worship and said, hey, listen, we want to literally honor you, to worship you. And it says they bowed down and they worshiped him, right? And then the myrrh, that's the one that kind of throws us off. And you're like, all right, what is that about? But it was the, for, the foreshadowing of his death, knowing that he was going to go to the cross, that he would be laid in a tomb. He would die, but he would be resurrected. And so there's meaning in these gifts. And so it, we could, hopefully we can draw from that. That we, we literally are able to go, all right, God, you know, you thought it was important enough to write about these wise men bringing gifts. So don't let us get lost in and be totally against gifts. But God, let us understand that there's meaning behind gifts. And that we put thought into these things. And that we, and God, whenever we give a gift to someone, and maybe there's somebody God puts on your heart. He says, hey, man, I just want you to bless somebody. It doesn't have to be Christmas time. It can be July 4th. And God said, hey, I want you to bless somebody. I want you to give them something. I want you to share with them. I want you to do something for them. I want you to go cut their grass. It can be anything. You can bless and it can be a gift to someone. And so Jesus gives the best gifts. We talked about this last night. He says, I'm leaving with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So like I said, today we're talking about the gift of, of peace. And that peace is being in a right standing with God. But all these gifts come from above. And I love this next passage. Look at what it says here. It said, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a, sh a shifting shadow. And so James is telling us, hey, listen, all the good gifts come from above. That God has blessed us in so many ways. And just walking around this room this morning as we were preparing, I just heard different people talking about how blessed they've been this week. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? All these gifts that they're talking about, and they're not talking about stuff. They're talking about time with family. They're talking about how God's blessed them. And so just hearing them talk about being blessed, you know what it was? It was a blessing to me. And it encouraged me. And, and so whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down for, to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, and he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So Jesus gives us great gifts. And I want us to unpack what some of those gifts look like. But look at this uh, next part here. He chose to give, the, give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, all, uh, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Don't you love that? We are God's prized possession. So you think about what, whatever gift you got maybe this year or last year or that you've ever got, that you go, man, that's my prized possession. 
I'm not giving that one away. I'm not, nobody's going to take that one. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it might be, you think whatever that, that thing may be, God is saying, hey, listen, you are my prized possession. And so when he looks at you and he goes, you are my prized possession. He loves you, man. He's crazy about you. So whatever your thing may be, your toy, your gift, whatever it was, you're so caught up in that, you know, you can't let it go. Nobody else is getting it. God says, hey, listen, that's nothing compared to how much I love you. And, And so we are his prized possession. And so some of the gifts, and this is not an exhaustive list. This is just some. Some of the gifts that we receive by surrendering our lives and trusting Jesus. I just want you to kind of help me unpack some of these. We have peace with God, right? And whenever you put your faith in Christ, when you surrender your life to Jesus, and you say, Jesus, here I am. I I give you everything. I surrender all. Literally, you have peace with God. You've been made in right standing with God, not because of anything you've done. Just like last night we talked about in Romans 5, 1, it's because of what Jesus has done. It's what he did on the cross. It's what he did through the power of the resurrection. He has made us in right standing with the Father. And so we have peace with God. And hopefully for you and for me, we're able to walk through this day and go, man, I have peace with God. We have peace of mind and heart. Maybe you came in here today troubled, but you don't have to leave that way. Maybe you're watching today. Maybe you're troubled even this morning. But you don't have to be. You can have peace of mind and peace of heart. It's a peace that passes understanding. It comes from trusting Christ and surrendering to Christ and, and focusing on Him. And here's the other thing. It's trusting Him. See, whenever I'm trying to figure it out and I'm trying to make sure that I've got everything right, then I begin to get stressed out. And I don't know about you guys, but I get a tension headache right about here. Anybody, anybody else ever get one of those? I can get a tension headache right there. And I can tell it's because I'm stressing and I'm trying to worry, or I'm trying to fix things, or I'm trying to do everything. But whenever that goes away, it's usually whenever I'm just, I'm just going, God, I trust you. I let go. God, I'm letting you. And so I have peace of mind and peace of heart. And for me, I have peace of neck right there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it goes away. We're adopted into his family. I mean, how awesome is that? You know, and I don't know if you know this, but back in the day, whenever these scriptures were written, you could disown a natural born child. But you could not disown a child that had been adopted. And so how, how cool is that, that God would use the words that we are adopted into his family, that we become co-heirs with Christ. So that's just one of the gifts. That, so last night, whenever someone raised their hand, I said, hey, listen, welcome to the family of God. God's word says that he just adopted them into the family of God. And so they're adopted in. It's like we chose you. God chose you. He came after you. He wants a relationship with you. Amen. So now you're adopted into his family. You're not alone anymore. We're loved. We can't even get our mind around how much God loves us. We wrestle with understanding love because our love sometimes is, you know, it's based on circumstances and things. But God, it's an unconditional love. He loves us with an everlasting love. And so these are some of the gifts that we see. We have hope. No matter how dark or despair it may seem, we have hope because the light of Christ is in us, right? And as we walk through each day, man, that light begins to glow inside of us, begins to show up inside of us, no matter what we have been diagnosed with, no matter what we are facing. We know that, you know what, God is at work. He is in control, and I trust Him. And so, therefore, we have hope. We have hope. That's some of the gifts that we get when we put our faith in Christ. We're redeemed. We've been, we've been, we've been redeemed. You know, we were lost. You know, we, we, we owed a debt that we could not pay he paid that debt for us. He has set us free. We've been redeemed from what we were entangled in, what we have drifted off into. And we are saved. 
We're saved from a, a devil's hell, if you will. We were headed to a place called hell, separated from God because of our sin and our transgressions. But Jesus, in his love and his mercy, offers grace to us, and he literally saves us from that. He saves us from ourselves. Oftentimes, we are literally the worst about beating ourselves up. And he saves us from our own addictions, our own frustrations, our own poor decisions. He saves us, but we're saved. We're healed. We're healed spiritually. We're healed emotionally. We're healed uh, relationally. We're healed financially. We're healed in so many ways. And, and we're able to say, God, thank you. God, thank you for physical healing. God, thank you for the things that you've done in my life. Thank you for healing the relationships in my life. God, thank you for healing so many ways in my life. And so we're healed. These are just some of them. We're empowered. Think about that. We have been given power that has been placed within us. The Holy Spirit is at work within us. So this mighty God that we serve has placed a portion of himself within us. And he says, you have been empowered. You no longer have to live as a slave to sin. You've been set free. You get to walk in that authority. And so you have been empowered. And he says, hey, there's going to be things that you can do, greater things than even Jesus said, even greater things than he did that we would do. And we all go like, how is that possible? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. And so we've been empowered to do his work and, and to carry out his message. We are entrusted with sharing his message of love. In our candlelight services, <coughs> we, uh, we had candles. And I said, just imagine that's you sharing the gospel with someone. It's, it's amazing how quickly this room fills with candlelight when one is lighting the candle of the other. And I would just say this. In our community, in our nation, in our world, imagine how quickly it would spread throughout our communities if every believer were willing to share the hope of, of God, the hope of the world with them. If we were just willing to share Jesus with someone and just tell them what he's done in our life and just share the light that has been put within us. Share his love. Being willing to forgive. Being willing to serve. Being willing to do whatever Jesus has taught us to do. But we are entrusted with sharing this message. And so if just this many people were to walk out into our community telling people about Jesus and sharing his love and, man, just literally just letting them know how much God loves them, how, how much would it affect our community? And if everybody would do that, I'm telling you, it would be like a light just sweeping this nation. Look at this passage here. I love this. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's that empowered. So that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for us as a church, that we would be strengthened. We would be encouraged. We would be empowered through his spirit to walk out and be witnesses for Christ. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, that we understand his love and that we show that love and we share that love, right? So we're established in that. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. If we could just kind of get our mind around it. And that's what he's praying. That Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, I'm hoping that you'll understand how deep and how, how broad this, this love is. Because if we understand that, we know that, you know what, God loved me in spite of my failures and my mistakes and my, my sin. God, show me how to love people the same way. Help me to love them with the same love that Christ loves me. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you know 
you understand the word of God, you understand this love in such a way that, man, you're, you understand exactly what God's intention was. We don't just get a portion of it. We get the fullness of God. So my prayer is that we would understand that love. And here's the thing, as we walk this week, as we go about our life, that we would literally share that love every way possible. We would, we would ask God, God, show me how to share your love today. God, show me how to share uh, your love with my coworkers. God, show me how to share your love with my boss. God, show me how to share your love with the waitress or the waiter. God, show me how to share your love with the people that, that I have contact with this week, wherever they are, whoever they are. God, share, show me how to do that. But we have to be filled to the point of overflowing. And so when we are so full of Jesus and, man, we're overflowing, when somebody gets around us, we just spill a little Jesus on them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're just, we can't help it. It's coming out of us, and we're just spilling Jesus on people because we're so full of his, of his joy and, man, his love that it's literally splashing out on the people around us. Wouldn't that be awesome? Let me ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, or maybe you're watching online and you've never received some of these gifts that we've talked about today. But you can have hope. You can experience God's healing. You can be changed and transformed from the inside out. You can be redeemed. You can have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it's all by faith. And you talk about a gift, it's the greatest gift you could ever see is to put your faith in Jesus for salvation and to receive Jesus as your Lord. To humble yourself and worship Him. You say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything. So maybe that's you. You're, maybe you're here in the room or maybe you're watching online. I want to walk you through a simple prayer. And it's not the, so much the prayer as it is the decision of the heart. The prayer is the proclamation of it. But it's the decision in the heart that changes everything. And so when God changes our heart, and He steps into the presence of our heart, it changes us from the inside out. And so right where you're at, I just want you to just pray this prayer in your heart of hearts to God. Just say, God, I'm a sinner. And Father, I ask you to forgive me for where I failed you. Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Will you save me? His answer is yes. He said, that's the reason I left heaven, was to come here, to go to the cross so that you might live. And so, you say, Jesus, will you come and live within me? Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living, and I want to live for you. That's repentance. I want to quit this, and God, I want to turn to you, and I want to follow your teaching. I want to follow your, your word. God, I want to live according to your principles. And so, if that's you, if you've confessed your sin, if you've repented, and you say, God, I'm turning to you, then here's the thing. You say, Jesus, I want you to come and live within me. I give you my life. I surrender. Then his word says, if you believe, you will be saved. And you receive the gift of salvation. You, you receive the, the gift of God taking care of your sins, paying your debt with the blood of his son, Jesus. And so maybe for you today, that's your decision. Then you get the best gift ever. If you just prayed that prayer, anybody here in the room, if you don't mind, just raise your hand just so I can see, just so I can be praying for you. Anybody, just raise your hand. Anybody. Maybe there's somebody online. I know yesterday we had someone put their faith in Christ online. If you did that, text my decision to 94,000. We would love to know. We want to help you with that next step. But that tells me there's a lot of people in this room that are believers. Most of us in this room are believers. So let me ask you, are you filled with God's love to the point of overflowing? 
the fullness of God, the fullness of knowing Christ, then I want to encourage you to share that this week. And ask God right now, just if you would, just say, God, show me who you want me to share Jesus with this week. You know what? I believe he's going to show you. I believe he already has for some of you. And I want you to share Jesus with them this week. Father, we thank you right now for what you're doing. And Lord, I know that there's some of us in this room. God, maybe we need to come lay some things down here at the altar. Father, what an awesome day to be able to let some things go. God, we thank you for the gift of salvation. And so, Lord, I I pray that as our prayer team is here at the front, maybe there may be someone who just needs to come down and lay some things down. A great way to step into this new year would be laying some stuff down here now, God, leaving it here. God, we, we lay these things down, these burdens that have gotten in a way. Father, change our focus. Father, show us who we need to pray for. Maybe there's someone that you've already put on our heart. God, we come to the altar and we just, we pray for them. We pray that you would tear down the walls in their life, that they might be open to the gospel. So, Father, we just ask you just to fill this place with your presence and show us what you want us to do. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.